0: Welcome to this podcast brought to you by Agriculture Victoria and Mallee Sustainable Farming through funding from the Victorian Government's 2019-20 Drought Support Package.
1: Weaning calves and lambs is a lot more involved than simply separating them from their mothers. Factors like feed availability, weight gain and long-term health all need to be considered. To find out the best practices, I was joined in the AGVIC studio by Livestock Development Officer Nick Linden.
0: Weaning is about getting rid of the progeny from either the cow or the ewe. So it's obviously applicable to both. And it would probably be a bit harsh to describe the lamb or the calf as a parasite. But at the end of the day, for the female, having the calf or the lamb on board is just at her expense. They're not contributing sort of anything back to the mum. And so when resources are tight, when feed's tight, weaning is just a tool by which you can actually reduce the feed intake that that unit is consuming on a daily basis. So if you can take the calf or the lamb off and feed it separately to the cow or the ewe, it's just basically a way of reducing some of the stresses on the female, reducing the feed intake, and then that allows you to divert that feed into a different resource primarily to put it back into the young stock and it's just about matching the priorities of those animals which are the important animals which ones need the feed at that time and then allocating it appropriately
1: so how do you balance that off in terms of yarding versus feeding what's the balance there to make it worthwhile
0: in making it worthwhile that's a good call like you know what does make it worthwhile and who is it most appropriate for because look in a cracking good season, if everything was flying with you, the pressure to wean would be less. Like there's no denying that you can leave them on a bit longer, and the feeds are there, the animal, the cows, are, the females are going to recover um, and come round for their next breeding. But when things are tighter, or for some other stock classes, like particularly your first carvers or maidens, if you're talking about sheep, particularly, they're the ones that you really need to make sure that you look after so that they can come back and join next time around so weaning is really a, an appropriate tool for those classes as well as your lighter animals or ones that have carved later like they're probably the ones that you would look to first to say well maybe we need to wean the calves or the lambs off those ones and in terms of the scale, because we talked about that there's this feed saving if you think in round terms like a cow and a calf on a daily basis is going to consume about 15 kilos of grass and you know that's talking that you've got a 250 odd kilo calf at foot something like that if you'd actually wean the calf off and give it enough feed to grow it, you know, half a kilo a day, and then you take that cow and actually put her onto more of a maintenance based ration where she's only getting what she needs. You know, you're looking at a combined total then of about 11 kilos of feed. So compared to your 15 kilos, if you compare that back to 11 kilos, well, that's near on a 25% reduction in feed. Now, paddock feed or if you're providing the feed out of a cart and a feed wagon and so forth, you know, 25% reduction is something that can really um, get you through when things are tight, but it's also something you just need to consider for ongoing management, I guess. Now, obviously, if you want your calf to do more than, say, that half a kilo a day, if you wanted to allocate a bit more feed to it and get it up, you know, close to one kilo a day, and this just depends on what your targets are. Like, if you've weaned a 250 kilo calf and you're targeting, you know, I want to sell that calf at 350 kilos. And I want to do it in X number of days or whatever it might be. So that's, that's an individual decision specific to your farm. But so let's just say if you wanted to feed the calf a bit better, get it doing a kilo a day, you know, obviously the saving is going to be a bit less because you're going to have more going into the calf. But you're still talking in the order of a 13% saving. So purely by getting the calf off, feeding it appropriately, restricting the intakes of the cows to their maintenance requirement for what they actually need, there is the opportunity to sort of pull the reins back a little bit and actually conserve some of the feed that you're um, allocating on a daily basis.
1: Okay. So we're talking there about potential feed savings, particularly in times that are tough. What's normal then and how are other producers using it?
0: Yeah. And that's right. Like, I guess, as, as we sort of alluded to earlier, the focus has come onto it as a tool because, you know, unfortunately we've had some pretty hard conditions. So, People are acutely aware of where can I try and get a feed saving. But, you know, in the greater realms of things, look, for cattle, you'd be talking about eight to 10 months of age is completely normal. And, you know, as seasons have been harder and as things have been tighter, there's probably been more of a case to actually use wanting to reduce that stress and actually go a little bit earlier in an extreme case, you could wean your calves as early as two months. But really, extra diligence, super high levels of protein, and really special care if you're going to go that early. What we'd be looking at is realistically, if you can get the calf through on the cow without, you know, putting over undue stress on that cow, that if you can get them through to, you know, four, five, you know, even five and a bit months of age, that certainly makes them more resilient to the weaning processes. And sheep are a little bit different because obviously you know you're talking a whole different age range and generally people would talk in the order of 14 weeks of age but it beggars the discussion because people sort of say to me okay well is that 14 weeks from the end of lambing is that from a midpoint of lambing like how do I calculate when I wean and I guess getting back into that sort of normal discussion you'd want your youngest lamb to be in the order of sort of eight weeks of age when you're actually weaning and that's just for rumen development so that they're actually going to be processing feed as efficiently as they can. Now, of course, there are examples when you can go earlier and younger than that, but as a general rule of thumb, sort of eight weeks is about the minimum age. So if you've got a five-week joining, your oldest ones are going to be about 14 weeks of age and that's sort of the process that you work through. But brings that discussion point up that it's when the rams go in that starts to dictate the discussion about when you're going to be weaning those lambs. And in terms of normal, we'd love to get back to normal production seasons. So matching your feed intake to when the feed is growing becomes the broader consideration, I guess.
1: We've been talking the differences between sheep and cattle. Are there any other things that need to be considered in regards to weaning?
0: I think they're possibly more similar Than we would think, you know, like the processes are, you know, they're both ruminants. um, They need to adjust to the different feed. They need to come off the milk. Um, There's ways that you need to manage the females to try and minimise mastitis and so forth. But there are things or areas of work that have been done more with one species to the other, and it's not to say that they're not appropriate to the other. It's just that the work has been done more with one than the other. And probably the the classic example that people would know about. Is imprint feeding of lambs. So that's about where you get the feed cart out and trail feed some grain in the paddock to your ewes and lambs prior to weaning, purely for the perspective, you know, and this is irrespective of seasonal constraints, if they need supplementary feeding or not, that's not the end goal of imprint feeding. What we're looking to do in that scenario is pretty much just get the ewes to actually train the lambs to one, come up to the grain and then two, to actually eat it and consume it. If you know you're going to have lambs coming onto grain at a later point of their life for finishing, that imprint feeding becomes really important. Like, you know, just wary of figures, but there are some out there that show the percentage of lambs eating grain after five days exposure, if they haven't been imprint fed, the figure comes back to about 60%, as opposed to for lambs that have been exposed with their mums, it's up at about 100%. So you know, I always say when you're feeding lambs, the hardest part is the first two weeks. And the hardest part of that is just actually getting them all up and eating the grain. If you can get them doing that, it really maximizes their chance of success either in a feedlot or in just a later finishing environment. So that preconditioning and exposing with mum becomes really important to actually getting them eating. It's not just that more of them eat, but actually, if they've been exposed to it with mum, they eat more of the grain as well. So your feed intakes come up more quickly and they adapt onto the ration. So that's sort of one that's been done with sheep. I haven't heard of the cattle perspective, but I know there's nothing in my mind to say why that wouldn't apply. I just haven't seen the work. But the one that is really known from the cattle industry, the calves go into a backgrounding phase, they're backgrounded for X period of time, and then they go to the feedlots where they're finished, you know, for a depending if it's long-fed or short-fed periods of time. The industry is really mature in that regard and they've got some really good guidelines. And from that perspective, that even if you know your cattle are going to go into the feedlot eventually for finishing, yard weaning, whereas um, so the calves are actually weaned in confined yards in the order of five square metres per head, that sort of allocation of space. And those calves then, when they've been in that environment for seven to 10 days over the weaning period... Um, actually have better weight gains when they get into a feedlot. Not just that they've got a better weight gain, that weight gain stacks up. It's better in the first two weeks, so through the induction phase, but then it's actually been shown to be better all the way out through a 90-day feed period as well. So there's ongoing benefits to that, sort of exposure to the environment, learning how to eat out of troughs and so forth. And I guess the other really big consideration is that then the yard weaned animals, not only that they grow faster and that lasts throughout the feeding period, But they're actually a bit more resilient to disease within the feedlot environment. And so we typically would see reduced rates of disease in lambs that have been exposed through yard weaning as opposed to just paddock weaned. So yeah, a couple of extra differences like that.
1: So basically, then it's not just when you wean, but it's also how the weaning is done matters as well, is what you're saying. Yeah,
0: that's right. And look, really, I think the big discussions about weaning probably over the last... Couple of years nearly have been about the benefits of early weaning, getting the calf or the lamb off the female to try and reduce that net feed intake on a daily basis that we talked about. So for cows, going from fifteen kilos, sixteen kilos per day for a cow and calf, and bringing that back close to eleven kilos, so getting that feed saving. But you know, there really is some compelling work that talks about how you actually wean the animals has a follow-on impact as well and so one of those is you know we know about the yard weaning example for cattle and the calves that are weaned into yards and given exposure to you know handling but also getting really high protein feeds on a daily basis where they get that interaction and they learn what people feeding them is so forth you know there's a flow-on benefit to those calves that get into a feedlot but equally, there's another piece of work. Again, this was just done in beef cattle, so I haven't seen a sheep-based comparison, but looked at complete isolation for weaning versus having the calves on the other side of an electric fence to the cows. The differences in that were pretty stark And really the calves that were weaned next to their dams. So yeah, there's an electric fence between them, keeping them separately. They actually gained 95% more body weight than the calves that have been totally isolated in in the first two weeks after weaning. So that was in the order of 21 kilo weight gain for the ones next to mum versus an 11 kilo weight gain for those that are put into the yards and completely isolated. And that early weight gain and recovery post weaning is really important to set those animals up. And in fact, those differences in weight gains were still there 10 weeks later. People would say, oh, but what if a calf gets under the fence or whatever? Well, if one gets under, it's not the end of the world. You're still getting the benefits. And they typically show that the calves that are next to mum, they spend more time lying down, they spend less time vocalising, they spend less time out walking fence lines or whatever. The thing that they do differently is they spend more time eating. And more time eating, there's no surprise in that, it's just critical to getting them up and going and getting the weight gains happening early.
1: That's a substantial difference by taking a different approach there. Are there any other critical points that producers should be taking on board?
0: Yeah, there is. And it's just that weaners are, I guess you'd best describe them almost as they're just finicky. I think this stacks up with cattle as well as sheep, that they just need a little bit of extra care. It's a big time in their life and it's really incumbent on us, you know, be they replacement females or be them animals that are going to go into a finishing system somewhere else or on the farm, like it sets them up for success later on. And so, obviously, health is really important. Like for sheep particularly, it's that second six-in-one. They've had one at marking. It's the booster they get at weaning that really aids in that longer-term protection from the clostridial diseases. So, you know, that's a really important one from a health perspective. But I just keep waving the flag for protein and actually meeting their protein requirements because these young light animals you know, and they're light because they're young I'm not saying that specifically they've had a check outside of that these young animals have got a high need for protein for growth but the other thing that has a high requirement for protein is actually immune function and immune response so when we're talking about immune capacity of an individual that's why weaners become so exposed to worms and parasites because they've got this high protein requirement and if protein is limiting they'll actually divert the protein into their growth and development, which then leads them exposed to that parasite challenge. It's the same for lactating animals for that matter. So that's why the two classes of stock that are most likely to fall over with a a worm burden or parasite challenge is your weaners and your lactating animals. So it's really important to manage the protein levels for these young and light and growing and developing animals because if you leave them exposed again you can compromise their performance for a longer period of time and we don't want that we want to make sure that all these weaners they come through the other end they grow on they do the best they can and they give us the rewards later on in life and and i guess that's what we're trying to chase by really looking after them at that stage of their life through the weaning process
1: nick linden livestock industry development officer Thanks for those really detailed insights into weaning and how to get the best out of your stock. And thank you for joining me in the AgVic studio.
0: No worries, Drew. I've uh, really enjoyed it. And as always, as colleagues all the way through, we're always happy to take calls, talk with producers, get out there, get involved and um, talk people through the processes. So anything we can do or any follow-up, certainly happy to talk with people further in, in more detail.
1: This podcast has discussed weaning in difficult times. However, weaning can be a tool for driving productivity in all years. For further info, contact your local Agriculture Victorian Extension staff or have a look at the resources in the show notes.
0: The information provided in this podcast is of a general nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast.